0: The Blue Rose Task Force podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Be advised, Blue Rose Task Force is filled with secrets and spoilers. Welcome to the Blue Rose Task Force podcast, where we look deeply into Twin Peaks as a whole, one episode at a time, using the full scope of the show Twin Peaks and all its official media. We don't use the word canon, but we consider all official releases important because Lynch and Frost have approved their presence, and we welcome all input into the collective consciousness that is the Twin Peaks community and wider universe. And listeners, we have a field report from the long-lost Agent L. Holgate.
1: Reporting for duty. I've been lost in the ether, somewhere in the Bardo, in between two worlds. But I'm back briefly, Um, hopefully in a little regular slot where we're going to delve into some thematic uh, issues that have come up throughout multiple episodes and just indulge our ruminations.
0: That sounds great to me.
1: So, yeah, in this episode... We are going to be looking at the killer reveal arc, which has taken place over various episodes, excellently and detailed coverage from Agent Bernardi. And in this one, we're gonna be psychoanalyzing some of the core characters in this uh, storyline arc, uh, looking a little bit into archetypes, something that we'll delve a little bit deeper in, into later as well. And also touching on a few um, echoes of cinema that, again, we'll be diving into deeper as we go through towards Firewalk With Me and Return. But the main thing I want to look at is some of the psychology and psycho-spiritual themes that have come up with the killer reveal in the episodes we've covered in the podcast so far. And... Um, There's quite a bit to look at. Um, The questions we're sort of going to ask here is, is trauma the ultimate theme in Twin Peaks? Um, What mental illnesses might some of the main characters in this storyline arc be suffering from? Um, And possibly touching on some Jungian concepts of the shadow and asking again... What Laura is, and how we can somehow make sense of the utterly incomprehensible trauma that she goes through in this piece of work. So, yeah, in this episode, I want to propose that we could diagnose. Not something I suggest anyone does for actual real humans because you can't diagnose someone you haven't assessed, but for a TV character, we can, we can bend the rules a little bit. And I would propose that Leland is a psychopathic narcissist and that both Laura and Sarah are suffering from the other side of the complex trauma coin, borderline personality disorder, which Again, is something that I believe that David Lynch is aware of and kind of a bit obsessed by in his female characters. <laughs> um, firstly, narcissism, something that is utterly fascinating that I have been diving into in my own psychological studies. And it's got an obviously interesting mythical background. Um, Narcissus is the myth of the hunter who was cursed to fall in love with his own reflection and be driven to madness and suicide as a result. And in the myth, there's a few variations, but one of them, he commits suicide by eating the poisonous narcissist flower, which is a yellow flower, a bit like the daffodil. I don't know if you have them in America, John, but we get them here at the end of winter.
0: Yeah, we get a few of those.
1: Yeah, these little, and uh, you get the little mini miniature versions, which are are the narcissist flower. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's derived from the Greek word narc, meaning numbness, also the root root of the word narcotic, something that we see in Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. Um, The flower is named thus because of the intoxicating fragrance and also the fact that it's. Bud, if ingested, is poisonous and will cause numbness and subsequent death. Um, Narcissism is something that's quite misunderstood. We think that the sufferer of this personality disorder, if it's truly pathological, um, is in love with themselves. But um, actually, what is proposed by a professor and diagnosed psychopath and narcissist himself. He's a professor of psychology and his name is Dr. Sam Vaknin. In his work, he's been, as a self-aware narcissist himself, proposing that actually a narcissist is actually completely selfless because there is an absence where the self should be. And in current thinking around rethinking a lot of different Mental illness is from a trauma perspective. Narcissism is almost certainly caused by trauma as a child and abuse as a child. Um, When the child should be forming a core self, they actually only can create a false self and they really don't ever create a stable sense of self behind that. And this is something that we get echoed and hinted at in Leland's uh when he sees the the sign of Bob and he recognizes it and says that he met this entity as a child um on a school on a on a holiday with his parents. there's just that little thread of, of a of a hint that he was himself probably a victim of childhood abuse um so we could argue quite with a bit of you know empathy towards Leland that he obviously probably has some complex trauma from childhood but that he developed narcissism as a result and not all sufferers of complex PTSD or childhood trauma actually go in this direction as we'll have a look at further when we look at laura and sarah but in this case we could argue that that leland has and that he's a narcissist with psychopathic comorbidity which is actually one of the most dangerous um of the pathologies that we have i think in cinema and tv we've seen a lot of dissociative identity disorder and schizophrenia which has been demonized Um, But actually, it's often narcissists who are the perpetrators of abuse and familial abuse as they are kind of a modern day vampire. They essentially live on narcissistic supply, which is other people's identities, other people's life force and often trauma that they create in other people to act out their own childhood trauma because they're in hell themselves they're in an absolute state of selflessness they have no self to grasp onto and this is what poses this this main question in the psycho-spiritual drama that is Twin Peaks and specifically this arc is that is it evil that he made a choice is it a demon or is it mental illness or is there some Mm -hmm. kind of blurring of whatever that is can we ever know
0: yeah, it sounds a lot like I mean, I'm I'm working on episode 16 right now and um you know there there's holes in Leland and like this hole of self and this hole of like where his soul basically is. Mm-hmm. And like I you know, it's like if he really is a narcissist like this, like everything you're saying absolutely holds true that um I mean, even even if we look at Bob as if he were a real thing, like having a hole like that is a perfect spot for Bob to reside in. And like, you know, if narcissists are vampires, so is Bob. And like, it totally makes sense that, um, that that kind of mentality would work on Leland too.
1: Well, that is exactly it. Um, we, yeah, we could look at it from a sort of, spiritual perspective, which, um, uh, again, Dr. Sam Vaknin has done an excellent online, uh, video lecture about this, um, where he's linked demonology and narcissism. Um, I'm just trying to find the link to this. Yes. He's got a, um, online lecture, which is He's got a lot of work online, which you can listen to. And this is called Narcissism, Demonic Possession as Morali- as a Morality Tale. And we could look at it as though, you know, we have some empathy that Leland's actions are born out of childhood abuse himself suffer- that he himself suffered. Um, but that there was a point at which his sins, um, in Vaknin's words, have exposed him to a terrible fate the possessed individual was to blame for his own possession um, because there was that entry point where the darkness could get in. um, And he also links narcissistic personality disorder as a sort of demonic possession in a way Um, really, that's just depends how you linguistically call it, whether you want to call it a a pathology or, or, or an entity that's taking control um which does pose an interesting question on where is Leland's agency and choice in this was he so ill that he couldn't decide was he um, you know was he evil when mm-hmm. he decided to do it um it's a question that I think we'll be asking in psychology for decades or centuries to come on where the responsibility lies with in you know where's the line of insanity where's the line of, of responsibility? Mm. Um, but yeah, the the uh image we see of Leland in the mirror uh is an interesting thing too because this poses the question of of masks. Um there was a seminal piece of work called The Mask of Sanity, an attempt to clarify some issues around the so-called psychopathic personality by an American psychiatrist called Hervey M. Clerk Clerkley. Um published in nineteen forty one and still completely apt today. And he proposes that we all wear a mask of sanity, that that is what civilization is based on. Um, that we all put on a mask of sanity when we go out to work, when we interact with others, and that you know behind that is all sorts of other things that are going on in different selves. But that in psychopathy and narcissism, um, there isn't anything behind that mask. It is simply a void where a person should be, and, and where the child never developed an actual self. Um, this has also been touched on by Rosie from Blue Rose Task Force, where you um, flagged this. Oh, you mean on. you mean
0: Diane, right?
1: I do. We're a big fan. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Freudian slip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind her as a guest either.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a prophetic. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rosie, uh, has said that the problem with Leland is have that Leland's having is not that of another personality has taken up residence inside his body. instead, that a blackness has taken up residence inside his soul. Mm -hmm. And that Bob is not necessarily an alter ego, but just the, I would propose it's from Laura's perspective. The mask is something that she uses to disassociate from the truth that her father is abusing her, not something that Leland wears or that he's got like an alter, like a disassociative identity disorder thing. Um, I mean, Dr. Sam Vaknin has proposed that narcissistic personality disorder is very similar to DID, which was previously known as multiple personality disorder. Um, I, that there's like memory lapses and complete disassociation and psychosis that can occur. but yes, this question of where Leland's responsibility comes in is an interesting one. You got any thoughts on that, John?
0: It's it's just complicated because I mean we don't know exactly how young he was. You know how much of a you know like was he just a compliant kid and like the behaviors have? Um, i it, it it's like how much how much training how much grooming how much. Um, it, it, it's all hypothetical you know it's like we can't ever really get down that far but at the end of episode 16 he does talk about how they made me do this they made me do that and like it's like he could recognize that laura was too strong for them but like couldn't figure out that like maybe he also had some kind of a strength you know it's like he just he just like lays back and um you know it's i don't know if it's an empathy problem i'm i'm looking at it from an empathy point of view where mm. like he just doesn't have it mm. and um
1: which is a key yeah. of narcissistic psychopathic um
0: yeah
1: order. yeah complete lack of yeah. em- complete lack of remorse as well and and that's why mm. the subsequent episode where we get this kind of cathartic come to Jesus moment where Leland is guided through the Bardo by um uh, Buddhist monk, Agent Cooper um, <laughs> into some kind of uh, retribution, you know, forgiveness moment um, is very problematic because yeah, I don't believe it, you know, whether or not that was written into the text. I don't believe that Leland has remorse. I don't believe that there was something taking control of him. You know, I think there was choices made along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like you say, it's where's that entry point where the evil gets in? Very good yeah. question. Um,
0: and I know Rosie talked about like when Bob leaves, the hole is filled with actual self. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I I agree with you that it's like too compressed of a thing, but like that's uh, episode 16 is nothing but like super compressed logic and like scene jumping. And, you know, it's like, they, they knew they had 45 minutes to put in the finale and like, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to get all the plot points we can. And like none of that transitionary stuff is in that episode. But, um, yeah, it's like, I, I don't really believe that, Whelan could have that much remorse either but i think it is like one of those like what year is this kind of moments for him where like he's finally able to understand what has been going on
2: Mm -hmm.
0: potentially
1: potentially potentially um yeah that i think you know as we've said and many people have said you know there's a deliberate ambiguity in Mm -hmm. lynch's work that that's it in for a reason to question to create these interesting questions of you know where is the line between madness between spirituality between mm-hmm. um trauma and responsibility um and this is something that also comes up obviously later on uh, as we delve Later in the, the series, into Agent Cooper's own shadow and mental illness and abuse, and also Laura as we go into Firewalk with me. Um, yeah. But on the other side of the complex trauma, childhood abuse coin is a personality disorder called borderline personality disorder. Um, it's important to note that, as I said, things are changing quite fast in trauma focused psychology so some of these personality disorders we assume might just be under the umbrella of complex PTSD in time which is a great thing because it means more people will get help at the moment there's a huge stigma around and misunderstanding around these things and uh, borderline certainly no less um The hypothesis is that a child that is abused or neglected or traumatized will kind of go one of a few paths, but narcissistic personality disorder is one and borderline is the other. Narcissistic personality disorder affects mostly men and borderline personality disorder has affected mostly women. We don't know whether You know, there's also schizophrenic things, disassociative Mm -hmm. um, disorders that can come from it. But these are the two sides of the coin we're looking at today. And I would propose that, yes, Laura and Laura slash Maddie and I presume Sarah are sufferers of borderline personality disorder. Um, Something we can definitely delve into more with via Walk With Me. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, borderline's a cluster B personality disorder. Um, Often as a result of childhood sexual abuse and um, symptoms include chronic emptiness, uh, self-trashing behavior, which can be substance abuse, promiscuity, acting out, rage, unstable sense of self, unstable emotions, extreme sensitivity, hypervigilance, anxiety, really just living in a state of fight or flight um, but when triggered can actually disassociate, which we see me, you know, with Laura and Sarah, um, and also have symptoms of secondary psychopathy, which we see in Laura in Fire Walk With Me Again, something we'll touch on, where the darkness sort of threatens to take her as well. Something that she, you know, fights against her whole life. But yes, um, there's some similarities with bipolar, with mania. So you could have like reckless driving, substance abuse, acting out, unsafe sex, things like this, things that we see very sadly in Laura. Um, And 11% of people with borderline commit suicide, very sadly. Um, And as I said, 75% of borderlines are women. Um, Famous women alleged to have suffered from it or suffering from it are... Britney Spears, Amber Heard, and Marilyn Monroe, interestingly. As we know, Twin Peaks came out of a failed piece that Frost um, Lynch wanted to make about Marilyn Monroe, who obviously was another troubled, iconic blonde who we could argue encapsulates something that Laura does, which is the Madonna-Hall complex. Mm-hmm. And... Um, also possibly later on in Lynch's work in Betty in Mulholland Drive. And this unstable sense of self is at the core, something we see in Maddie, you know, um, is this something, is the whole of Twin Peaks Laura's dream to understand the trauma that she went through while she's in the red room in this bardo between life and death. Is this all Mm. a review of her life and a way of making sense of what happened and facing what happened? Um, but yeah, this this idea of borderline personality disorder is something I think having looked into that Lynch is aware of. And I think he's a little bit obsessed with it in his female characters, honestly, mm-hmm. um, which is both good and problematic. There's um, <laughs> you know, the, as I said, the Madonna Hall complex, the unstable sense of self and then the self-trashing and promiscuity, which lends itself to this, virginal blonde beautiful icon of of purity and femininity and then this um just yeah identity disturbance and impulsivity and substance abuse and self-trashing that then is like the you know the whore and um and laura could not uh, encapsulate this any better Um, but Maddie is an interesting one. I think Maddie is something that I'm still trying to get to grips with. Um, yeah, she seems to personify all the sort of sweet and childlike and, and, you know, um, nice sides of Laura. Um, we're going to go down the (laughs) good or bad binary with, with her, but, it's it's interesting that we obviously in Firewalk with Me we see Laura's death, but in in Maddie we see we see it in some ways even more up close and personal because in Firewalk with Me it's so visceral and um, violent and and surreal in some ways that death scene, but in in the Maddie death scene we see it in such stark Realism, in a way, you know, apart from seeing mm. Leland's mask in the mirror, we just see what the abuse was for her,
2: you know. Yeah, um,
1: but yes, the question of demonology versus psychiatry is definitely one that we will look at more, and obviously, looking at, at the PTSD that Laura suffers um i would argue that yeah that twin peaks is laura's perspective all the way um we see that in fire walk with me we see that in her diary we see this in the return where we're told that she is the one that everything mm-hmm. comes from which in my mind is is the answer she is the dreamer. Um, And her dream is telling her that Bob is just an obfuscation and symbol of her father's abuse of her. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Maddie is a disassociative way of placing that that storyline in something other than herself. Um, And then I would obviously, as you well know, John, go on to Mm -hmm. argue that this is then echoed in Audrey's storyline in um, both the original series and the return um, where yeah, I think Audrey's fate in the return seems to cement this with me you know, obviously we've seen this echoing storyline of of her father wearing you know the mask and then her father you know, nearly committing incest with her in um one-eyed jacks mm-hmm. and the reveal that ben horn. Abused Laura as well, you know, was in love with her, um, but yeah, and then the echoing also of um Agent Cooper as a sort of inappropriate patriarchal protector figure in Audrey's life who then goes on to rape and ruin her life um because of his own shadow, and I guess this is again something we can look at in terms of like how we move from Laura's disassociative dream or journey of the soul into agent Cooper's um but yeah and I think also Sarah is is to me clearly suffering from borderline personality disorder as well we see her like with this high state of emotional instability um you know using substances to cope um having disassociative episodes where she thinks she's psychic um and just a complete loss of touch of reality and disassociation in terms of you know her knowledge or not knowledge that her husband is abusing her child but again we see this play out in the return which we'll look at in more depth where she self-trashes and cannot cope with the realities of what's happened and um possibly even goes into sort of a secondary psychopathy state as a result again um possibly the entry point where the darkness gets in um and it's important to notice as well that narcissists and borderlines often end up in relationships together because of their codependent trauma and how they're both acting out their childhood trauma on each other so i do wonder if lynch has studied more psychoanalysis than he speaks about. I think Um, through Frost, we've got the Jungian archetypes and spiritual symbolism, but I'm pretty sure that Lynch all the way through has, yeah, studied more of this than he would talk about. Um, And I think this is why he's so passionate about using transcendental meditation to address childhood trauma um in his project with the transcendental meditation um where they're trying to get meditation into schools for children um something Mm. that i think is a wonderful wonderful thing because if we see twin peaks as the playing out of childhood trauma and how it ruins and wrecks lives um we could we could definitely see why lynch is so passionate about the the journey into oneself to, to heal these
0: things. Yeah. It's tough to know with him. Cause like, you know, he'll, he'll do that thing where he, um, he'll, he'll say that, you know, he was making wild at heart during season two. Like he's literally said that even though like, it was like, you know, season one when he was doing that. So like, you know, like, do we, yeah. Like, finding out like how much he actually studies about psychology is going to be a big pain in the butt. Cause you know, the, the big story is that like, he just won't do it because that'll like ruin his creativity or, you know, like it'll, it'll make it like not able to flow. if feel like he breaks it down piece by piece. Like, you know, he, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be able to explain anything like that. So like, does he just look away from it or does he, <laughs> Or does he uh, just not even study officially? I don't know.
1: I I think he did. I think he must have delved into this on some level. Um, There's no evidence that he experienced situations like this as a child. Obviously, we we can't know. I think either he's just truly a genius who somehow can tap into the collective consciousness and understand complex psychological issues, or at some point he was fascinated by it. Maybe he doesn't look into it too much now um, and goes intuitively with how he feels, but I think that just, I just feel, <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah. And I wonder whether Laura was the instigating factor with this. You know, like I think in Blue Velvet, it's my least favourite Lynch film because I don't think mm. um, Dorothy Vallon is a very fleshed out character whereas i think in his post laura work mm-hmm. possibly they just suggested this as a as a storyline but then this got the cogs <laughs> quark- <laughs> of, of what would that actually look like and yeah um yeah and i think mulholland drive just builds on that you know, yeah that's the an inline an-, an inland empire um
0: Yeah. It's almost like Marilyn Monroe inhabited him in a way. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he, he has to figure it out one way or another. Mm. And it just really does seem to be like, you know, everything that's come since then is like, yeah, like ever, ever since Laura, I know like Joel Baco has looked into this from like a, a nuts and bolts kind of perspective and like Mm. his, his, um, his focus does change onto like you know victims like Laura and like from a female standpoint from this point forward and yeah it really was just a plot point but um you know I mean even Frost says you know it's like Laura was just supposed to be a starting point but mm. um you know I mean uh, I, it, basically Lynch couldn't let go of her after a certain point.
1: Mm. Yeah and um. And just his body of work since has seemed to just be playing out that, mm. that same theme, you know, yeah. and over again. And, you know, potentially also then Carrie Page is another echo of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of, um, there's an interesting theory in psychology called internal family systems, where the hypothesis is that we all have different parts of ourselves that play different roles. And, um, that if we suffer trauma, that we will create a self that contains it and we will exile them in our consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, this is something to, to certainly think about as we move into the return later and through fire walk with me Um, is the whole of twin peaks, just a collection of characters to store the trauma. Are we seeing fractured parts of the real story through someone's eyes, um, the dreamer's eyes. Um, I mean, I think the town is a real thing. I think the characters are real, but are we seeing them through the prism of someone else? Um, Mm. Or is it just a symbol of paradise lost? Um, You know, a, a beautiful place that somehow corrupted um and just before we we finish um again we're going to look further into our jungian archetypes um when i delve into the twin peaks tarot and how mark frost was an absolute genius when he we believe linked each character with an archetype which you can see in the tarot but um, I just wanted to draw you guys' attention to a fantastic essay called Agent on the Threshold, The Taoist Alchemy of David Lynch, The Esoteric Meanings and Symbolism of Twin Peaks by Zora Burden. That um, essay is online where she outlines the Jungian archetypes that are central to Twin Peaks um, and shows, that yeah, just details how the series was using these concepts of Taoist alchemy and weaving in Native American mythology and Buddhism, Jungian archetypes and surrealist methodology. Um, Yes, please. mm, It's a great, great piece. And I think it also just sort of echoes what we see with this killer reveal arc of um, even just the journey of Leland's soul into death, how Agent Cooper not only solves the crime with this, um, divination of sorts but how he also um, alchemizes this evil into something that can pass through to the other side um nice. yeah and uh yeah as we said in the return we'll be looking into cooper's dark night of the soul um oh. but yeah the, I'll just leave you with the quote by author of Paradise Lost, John Milton, who said, the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven.
2: Nice.
1: So, yeah, in future episodes, we're going to look more into Jungian archetypes and also in, as cinema as a dream. Um, There's a few films that I'd really love to delve into that um, I think really echo
2: the themes and uh, expressions of Twin Peaks. Good
0: deal. All right. Well, thank you, L. I've got so much in my head right now. And I don't know how to unpack it all, but I bet what's going to happen is I'm going to re-listen to this over and over for quite some time.
1: (laughs) Well, there's more to cover, that's for sure. So we'll be doing more episodes Mm -hmm. where we just have a little rumination on research we've been coming up with and themes and things we've been thinking of that address arcs in the whole series rather than episodes specifically. And I really look right. forward to your, your thoughts on this, John, when we have more time to delve deeper.
0: All right. Well, thank you. We may be done for now, but we will have more field reports because Jupiter and Saturn will align again. But for now, you have been listening to the Blue Rose Task Force podcast, a production of Ruminations Radio Network and TV Obsessive Radio. If you resonate with what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, and review our show, and we would love to connect with you on Twitter at Blue Rose TF Pod, on Counter Social at Blue Rose Task Force Podcast, and Instagram and Facebook at Blue Rose Task Force. You can find me at JPB underscore Little Green on Twitter and John underscore the underscore peaky on Instagram. You can find L on Twitter and Instagram at E11E Sounds. Visit Ruminations Radio Network for additional great shows such as Cinephile Hissy Fit and Ruminations from the Red Room. And join all the hosts from Ruminations Radio Network, myself included, on our Discord channel, Ruminations Radio Cafe. Find any number of classic 25YL Twin Peaks articles and content on many other TV shows at tvobsessive.com and 25yearslaterside.com. And if you want to be part of our next mailbag episode, which is next week, uh, send any comments, questions, or feedback to blue rose Task Force podcast at gmail.com or, you know, hook, you know get to any of our uh, social media accounts and let us know what you're wanting to have us, uh, you know, discuss. Anyway, we'll see you next week with that mailbag episode. And until then, listeners, I'll see you in my dreams. I wish you- it's a way to kind of deepen and it's expand, expand deepen the universe expand. the show takes place the, and the show takes place the show.